1: Happy Thursday! Welcome into the morning after. Dubs Anderson back at it again for my main man Benny Stevens. Don't worry, Ben's back in the mix on Monday. He's just resting the old hammies for a couple of days, and so he should be because we got plenty coming up in the sports world, and we got plenty coming up today in the sports betting scheme of things. We got a big show coming up this morning. My guy Kevin Walsh is going to join us here in the first hour, breaking down everything you need to know with the NBA. We got Pete Jensen joining us. In that second hour, we're talking a little ice plays. Maybe a bit of soccer there as well. Anyone see that Champions League and English Premier League yesterday? Wowzers. What do we got coming up? We're talking a little NFL coaching carousel quarterbacks. Where are they going? Derek Carr on the move. Aaron Rodgers. Where's he? Well, he's in a dark room for four days. Doing a little iso. My guy. Still can't figure out if I want to have a beer With Aaron Rodgers, Uh, more to come on that front. Today, Tiger Woods makes his return to the PGA Tour. Round one for the Genesis Invitational out here in Los Angeles. Your boy's thinking about getting out to the golf course. I'm still waiting for Tiger to text me back, see if I can get a couple of free tickets. We've got eight games coming up in the NHL tonight. The Sharks taking on Vegas, probably the uh, the key one there. Late doors, the Knights have won three on the trot, minus 210 as your favorites. We'll break that one down. We'll talk a little college hoops. I tell you what, if you saw the basketball last night, stay away from being number one in the nation. That position is absolutely cursed. NBA All-Star weekend, fast approaching, and these players have absolutely packed it in. we got three games coming up tonight, but nobody wants to play. These guys have absolutely thrown the towel in. So we're going to break it all down here today on the morning after. But first and foremost, let's take a look back at some of the big results there last night in Denver. Dustin off Dallas a couple of superstars out there on the floor the Nuggets win this one 118 to 109 at home in Denver Luka Doncic taking on the big fella Nikola Jokic Luka goes for 37 points with no Kyrie Irving Irving decided to uh, rest up for the all-star weekend Jokic goes for 14 13 and 10 this guy is an absolute beast and the beauty of his uh orchestrating this magic out there on the court he, he does it both ways. If you need 40 from the big fella, he's going to give you 40. If you need to tee it up, distribute the rock, he can do that as well. The guy's an absolute monster. An interesting stat I've seen from this one. The Nuggets have now won 25 straight games when Jokic decides to go for a triple-double. That's the most consecutive team wins, surpassing the one and only Magic Johnson who did that uh, with the Lakers back in 87? Can you believe that? Absolute freight train. Who's cooking on full diesel there last night? Look at some of these numbers. Luca was set at 31.5 pre tip, goes for 37. The rebound total. Okay, we didn't hit that one, but he gets the assist there. Doncic goes for nine assists. His line was set at six and a half. And for Big Nikola, I mean, wowzers. 26 and a half points. So that leans towards the unders. The rebounds, he grabs 13. We cash that. And the assist, surprisingly, towards the unders. This is what happens. The sportsbooks decide to take all the fun out of it. I mean, the guy's going for triple doubles, and we're not even getting plus money on the nightly. Are you kidding me? So it's a great night uh, for the big fella. Can't wait to see him in the mix this weekend. But we had uh, some great matchups last night in the association. A couple further ones there. What about Cleveland? The old caps trying to make a bit of a run here in 76ers. Joel Embiid saying, no, 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 not tonight. Not tonight. At home as well there in Philly. Pretty impressive uh, from Big Joel. Harden puts up 19. Embiid goes for 29. Spider Mitchell for the Cavs. He puts up uh, 33. Sorry, pretty impressive there as well. As we welcome in our radio listeners, Channel 159. This is the morning after. You're probably uh, recognizing a different accent, maybe a different face if you join us here on a Thursday morning. I'm Dub Zanderson. We're breaking down everything you missed last night in the sports betting world, notably in the association, we are just talking about uh, Cleveland taking on Philly. Philly get the big win, 118-112. to 112, Embiid, another monster night. I feel like all the big fellas were balling out there last night. Seven-game win streak for Cleveland comes to an end in Philly. And we also had a West Coast banger. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. LeBron James decided to show up for work and not wear the suit without the microphone in hand. And guess what happened? You're not going to believe it. The Lakers won. They beat the Pelicans 120-102. to 102. D'Angelo Russell, he looks sensational back in a Lakers outfit. People say, what do, you, what do you mean? D'Angelo Russell, he was here. We let go of all this top-tier talent in the association. Julius Randle, Ingram, Ball, and D'Angelo Russell. Why would we let go of it? Oh, that's right. He was uh, He was posting videos of Nick Young when he was getting a little busy off the court. This is a locker room guy, D'Angelo Russell. Don't even get me started. I know Kevin Walsh is going to join us after the break. He's also a uh, big Lakers guy, so we can break down that side of things. And just in case you missed some of the odds here, the Suns up top at plus 240. Kevin Durant, Suns are going to be back in the mix tonight. KD's not playing. He's, he's saving himself for uh, All-Star weekend. We'll see him next week. The Nuggets plus 290. The Clippers as well. It's a bit of a mixed bag. We'll see them in the mix tonight. Five to one. The Mavericks, at seven to one. Where's the value line that board? Could the Lakers make make a run at this thing? D'Angelo Russell, if he's not recording the teammates in the locker room? Hey, I'm just saying, there's always a chance. There's always a chance. And what about the college hoops last night? Wowzers. I'm telling you, don't take the number one spot in college basketball. It's absolutely cursed. Crimson Tide gets smoked. Tennessee the old rocky top too much baby 68 to 59 and it was locked at halftime team with that home crowd they're always going to find that momentum late in the game and that's what we saw plenty coming up here this morning on the morning after kevin walsh up next my guy let's talk a little lakers Welcome back into the morning after happy Thursday, thirsty Thursdays here on the Sports Grid Network. Yes. And I've uh, I've got a quench for uh, backing some winners here. We bring in Kevin Walsh. Kevin, great to see you, my man. You heard me teeing off on the Lakers uh, before the break there. We'll get into them in a minute. But how was the Super Bowl? My guy, fantastic job uh, out there from Media Row. You're all over the shop. Did you have a good time? Did we back a couple of winners?
2: Yeah, we we had a nice time. Uh, the board treated us well enough. The game did not go uh, the Eagles' direction. It is what it is. I now uh, can't stand TikTok boy, but that's on him. Uh, we were all going to be very nice about it, and then he tried to run up the score. Uh, it was a, it was a great time to be out there, though. Uh, Sports Grid always steps up uh, out there on media row, so it was a lot of fun there, Dubs.
1: Yeah, uh, and look, that there was a lot of uh, contention about some of these late calls. Was it a holding? Was it not a holding? What, what did you make of the way it finished up? I mean, it provided everything, and it gave us a little bit of drama there as well. The Chiefs got it done, thirty-eight to thirty-five. But what's your take?
2: Holding or not holding? Yeah, look, here's the deal. He said he held him. So am I going to sit here and then tell you he didn't hold him? That's crazy. But I like that the people who bet the Kansas City Chiefs are now pretending that the concept of, well, you can't call that in that spot is completely foreign. That's not a new idea. It's something that people have said about all sports at all levels all the time. I would be willing to bet that if you decided to, on that exact play, give me a a close-up on each offensive lineman, one of the Chiefs' offensive linemen probably held on that play too, but they didn't call that. It's a penalty we could have done without. The reality is if they did not call that, the story of the game would have not been a missed holding penalty. The Chiefs would have kicked their field goal, and then we would have seen what the Eagles would have been able to do with a little over a minute and a half left. Instead, they called it. It was the deciding call of the game. It's not the entire reason the Philadelphia Eagles lost, but it was a call that basically anybody outside of people who bet the Chiefs can admit we would have been better off had it not happened.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you there, Kevin. So, look, uh, big questions about the Chiefs to start the season. They lose uh, Tyree Kill, the cheater. Who's Patty Mahomes going to throw it to? Well, it was just Travis Kelsey and everyone else. This guy's an absolute wagon. It's a dynasty. They're going to be around for the next 5, 10, 15 years. Patty Mahomes just absolutely chalking up these MVPs. But what do you make of the Eagles? You know, pretty impressive run. Jalen Hurts was fantastic there, albeit, but uh, one. Minor, crucial mistake. But uh, any surprises that the Eagles had such a breakout year?
2: You know, so I was certainly high on the Eagles coming in. I thought their schedule was favorable and they were able to take advantage of that schedule. Next year is going to be a lot more difficult. Certainly, you're going to have to go up there and play a first-place schedule. So we'll see how they fare in that respect. But the thing that the Eagles have in their favor, Dubs, is... They have the best quarterback in the conference, and I'm not really sure who's even debating it at this point. I mean, if you're saying Dak's better, I don't know what you're basing that off of. I think it's ridiculous. Aaron Rodgers is probably not going to be in the conference, and I'm not sure people would take him over Jalen Hurts either. Maybe Derek Carr comes in, but I don't think many would take him. If Lamar gets traded for, maybe it creates a conversation. But when you have the best quarterback in a conference, Dubs, you're going to be favored to make the playoffs every single year. Are the Eagles going to win another 14 games? No, that's 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 a lot. That, that's that's a tall task for any team. But the Eagles will enter next season as favorites in their division and favorites in the conference.
1: As a better who uh, is maybe looking to target the Eagles, would you have any concern, Kevin, uh, about some of the coaching and personnel changes that they've lost here? You know, Shane Steichen, OC, now heads over to the Colts as their head coach, Jonathan Gannon. D.C., he's now with the Cardinals for next season. Could we expect a bit of a drop back?
2: It's, it's not the preferred option for the Eagles, right? They much would have rather Gannon and Steichen, I think, stay inside the building. It's it's one of the things that I think has allowed the Kansas City Chiefs to run so smooth now during this run. Nobody will hire the enemy and nobody even calls Steve Spagnola their defensive coordinator, for a job. Steichen and his absence to me is... While a little unfortunate, this is the benefit of having an offensive head coach like Nick Sirianni. It allows you to keep the same foundation, plus they're promoting within Brian Johnson, their quarterback's coach. So you expect that to be a smoother transition. The play calling duties certainly will be an adjustment. I don't worry too much about that. And I'm struggling to know how much a Jonathan Gannon loss hurts. The Eagles defense was picked apart in that game. It is the main reason that they lost. They created no plays. No turnovers, no sacks, no nothing. And there's too much talent on that team for that to be the case. They struggled against some of the better offenses in the league. The two best quarterbacks they played were Mahomes and Dak and both enjoyed monstrous days against the Eagles' defense there. So losing Gannon... We'll see how harmful that is. The frustrating thing to me, Dubs is I think the Eagles would have easily been able to bring in Vic Fangio, one of the best defensive minds in the NFL right now, but because the timeline didn't work out, Fangio ended up in Miami.
1: Yeah. uh, For anyone who may miss it, you see Sirianni like waving to the chiefs from the sidelines and uh, Jalen Hurts actually had to tell him to pull his head in the young quarterback telling the head coach, Hey, just, uh, just try and behave yourself. But, Kevin, look, it, it is now the off season. There's going to be no shortage of headlines, quarterbacks, coaches going left, right, and center. How early is too early to be betting on next year's Super Bowl on some of the powerhouses? Can we get amongst it's
2: it, it? It's never too early. It's never too early, Dubs, to get in there and, and try and see where you can find some value. And there's a couple of approaches that you can always take to this board. Uh, but the big thing, of course, is seeing if you can get in front of some of this quarterback movement. Uh, we just you know, talked a little bit on the early line about the Atlanta Falcons and the state of the NFC South. They are a team that is seemingly interested in Lamar Jackson, and if they bring in Lamar Jackson, they're going to have top five odds, if not higher, in terms of the NFC. That's just how far that's going to go. If the New York Jets bring in Aaron Rodgers, I think they're going to all of a sudden at 25-1, to 1, Probably be 15-1 to or less. That's the kind of boost that you would see from bringing in quarterbacks of that level. So if you're confident in a quarterback move where someone is going to land, then you can really find yourself a great early value here that's going to be completely zapped up. That's the thing. You're a long ways away from cash and ticket stubs. So you're right now looking to beat numbers. You do not need to bet the Kansas City Chiefs at 6-1. to one. You do not need to bet the Buffalo Bills at plus 850. But if you if you love Rodgers going to Vegas at 40-1, to one, if you love Derek Carr going to Carolina at 55-1, to one, those are the numbers that make sense early because you're going to beat those numbers within a month.
1: Yeah, I like it. I guess you could say the same about uh, the MVP market as well. Kevin, who would have had the most motivation not being in that game last Sunday? That we could certainly look at to uh, maybe come back next season and be in that big one? You know, a guy like Josh Allen in the MVP market as your favorite seven mm-hmm. to one, Joey Burrow, Joey Cool at seven to one. Who would you be targeting on this side?
2: Yeah, it's very interesting, Dubs, because you know, you mentioned the Tyreek Hill departure and I think that helped the Mahomes narrative, but Mahomes really won this through the numbers. So he was statistically the best quarterback and they had the best record. And if that is always going to matter, if Jalen Hurts would have won this, it would have been because the Eagles had the best record. So, again, if, oh, I like Derek Carr because Carr's going to end up in Carolina and they're going to be a 10-win team and that's just a lot better. Yeah, but 10 wins is not going to get it done at the MVP. That's not exactly how this award works. You want to be confident in who you think the best teams in football are. Are going to be. So I, that's why, for example, I'm not looking at a Justin Herbert in the Chargers because I don't know if they're going to really be able to make that leap to the top of the AFC like that. And it's why the NFC is so interesting, Dubs. It's why Jalen Hurts, to, quite frankly, at 12 to 1 to me, is a bit surprising with all these other guys at 7-1. Hertz was the favorite to win the award before the injury. To have Justin Herbert $3 shorter is ridiculous. That That's simply how this lines up.
1: Yeah, I like it. A uh, little MVP market. Never too early to get a couple of flyers in there. Kevin Walsh breaking it all down here with us on a Thursday morning. And when we return, Kev, let's talk a little NBA. LeBron James back in the mix. Welcome back into the morning after Dubs Anderson. Kevin Walsh getting the day started right. K Dub is all over the place. Uh, host there of the early line. Now join us to break down a little NBA talk, a little NFL talk. We've combined the two here, Kevin. What's more likely? So we're going to play a little game, throw a couple from the NBA, NFL, and see what's more likely to play out for the betters, for the punters. So we can cash a couple of tickets. Take mm. a look at this one. We got the Lakers, their title odds, 55 to one. I think that's, uh, that's still pretty ambitious. But we look at the Super Bowl odds, the mm. Packers, Raiders, and the Jets. The Packers at 35 to one, the Raiders at 40 to one, and the Jets to win the Super Bowl at 25 to one. If you had to run to the window, K-Dub, who would you have more confidence mm. in betting on out of these four?
2: I, I would take LeBron, As over Aaron Rodgers, LeBron has this season in front of him. And I know right now they're sat 13th in the Western Conference, but everybody knows there is a small gap between 13 and 5. So the Lakers could very well crash into the playoffs, and I think they're a dangerous team. They really did make very good moves at the deadline. Rarely, I think, you know, kind of the LeBron James trade deadline stuff is always a bit odd. You get some people that are super high. You get some people that go, oh, we're overreacting. These were unanimously praised moves, and you start to see that play off, especially in last night's game against the Pelicans. But the other reason that I would submit LeBron as the answer here, if Rodgers is back in Green Bay, I'm not buying it. If Rodgers is going to Vegas, I'm not buying it. If he goes to the Jets, they've got a great chance, but that's next season. The Lakers next season, if they just run back this core dubs and they don't start the season 2-12, and 12, they, they themselves will have much higher odds to win an NBA championship. So I actually think LeBron's the safer bet than Aaron Rodgers in this market. Also, I think Rodgers might retire before LeBron does at this break.
1: Yeah, I don't think Aaron Rodgers even knows uh, what he's doing there in that little isolation boot camp. Okay, so we're going to lean with uh, the Lakers being more likely to win a title 55-1 to 1 there or thereabouts. LeBron James over Aaron Rodgers, two of the greatest to do it. Arguably MVP conversation still in the mix. Yeah, I think we could say that. Let's talk a little MVPs. Luca, Luca Doncic, Josh hmm. Allen from the Buffalo Bills. You look at their numbers respectively. Doncic thirteen to one, Josh Allen there it's seven to one. More likely to happen first, Josh Allen or Luca to win MVP?
2: It's a great question. It is incredible that Luca, at one point this season, looked like after he had you know had that sixty point performance, the sixty point triple double, he was going to become the guy to beat in this race, and that's the fifth best odds in this conversation. I, the pro, the reason why I submit Luka as the answer is there's no way Luka doesn't win an MVP at some point in his career. He's far too talented. We, we just know that Luka Doncic is already one of the five best players in the NBA, and he's got a lot of time between now and whenever his career is supposed to be over. And it's not that Josh Allen doesn't have a lot of time left, but NFL MVPs could be more elusive. There's not that many active NFL MVPs rocking around right now, and he's going to have to contend with Mahomes. He's going to have to contend with Joe Burrow, and guys are going to pop each and every year. I think Luka wins one before Josh Allen.
1: I like that, and I like that uh, they've finally got a bit of help there for Luka, which is going to keep him in Dallas and keep their uh, title hopes alive. They're talking about uh, that note, loyalty versus legacy, uh, a couple of players I want to get your thoughts on. From the NBA, NFL, Lamar Jackson, Damian Lillard. You could ask, uh, I I guess you could make the argument they're both stuck around for far too long. Look at these numbers, Trailblazers, Mm. 37, 370. Come on now, the Ravens 16 want to take out a Super Bowl. Who's sticking around? Who's leaving first, Lamar Jackson or Damian Lillard chasing higher grounds?
2: It, It is interesting, Dubs, because we're not that far away from probably getting a definitive answer on this. Either Lamar is traded within the next couple of months or signs a massive extension that should guarantee he is the answer. If he signs that extension, then Damian Lillard is going to have to be the answer. I think, though, Lamar should be leaving this offseason. The reports are already on the table that if a massive haul of draft picks are offered up to the Ravens for Lamar, they are going to seriously listen. How could the rest of the NFL then not offer up a serious haul of draft picks? We've just talked about the New York Jets. If the Jets bring in Lamar, they then have the ability to look at Josh Allen in the and envision, say, here's your rival for the next decade. But also, everybody else, here's who you're going to have to contend with. Burrow, Mahomes, Herbert, Lawrence, Lamar gets discarded from this conversation far too easily. And if the Jets bring him in, that would be massive. But also, notice how I just listed off the five different guys that Lamar would have to contend with in the AFC. Every team, not every, a lot of the teams in the NFC should be beating down the Ravens' door to bring in what would be at worst the second best quarterback dubs in the NFC, in Lamar Jackson. That is a massive opportunity that automatically makes you a legitimate contender. That's what happens when you have a quarterback of that level. The answer should be Lamar. I don't know what's going on with Portland and Dame. Maybe he's going to be there forever. But Lamar Jackson should be leaving this offseason.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. So we agree Lamar Jackson would be the most likely to leave first against Dame Lillard. i got another one for you here, Kevin, and this is a nice one. Uh, what's more likely to win the drought? Who's more likely to win the drought first here? We've got uh, the Sacramento Kings and the Dallas Cowboys. The Kings to win a playoff series or the Cowboys to make the NFC title game? What's more likely to happen here, Kev?
2: It's an awesome question. When you look at Sacramento right now, if the playoffs started today, they would be playing the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I think that is the only matchup where Sacramento might actually be favored. And that includes home court advantage. Over the And I'm just going to go the teams underneath them. Over the Suns, not a chance. The Clippers, not a chance. The Mavericks, no. The Pelicans, assuming their guys are back, no. The Warriors, no. No chance. And then if this, even if I think the Lakers would be favored over the Sacramento Kings if they met, even though Sacramento would have home court advantage. So for Sacramento to win a series, they are going to have to pull off an upset this year. Sacramento being a lock to make the playoffs this season is a massive benefit in their kind of head-to-head battle with the Cowboys in this stance. But the Cowboys have a couple of things working in their favor next year. One, nobody repeats as NFC East champions, which puts them in the driver's seat. Because it's certainly not going to be the commanders who don't have a quarterback or the Giants who are going to run back the Daniel Jones experiment when that's probably a mistake and if all of a sudden they're going to host a playoff game next year the Dallas Cowboys then they should they should just be one or two wins away from making that NFC title game i know sacramento is staring down the battle of this playoff victory this season dubs but give me the dallas cowboys to just make an nfc title game to happen first
1: Oh, over the Sacramento Kings. There, you heard it first. Kevin Walsh breaking it down. What's more likely between some of these great crossover markets the boys have put together between mm. the NBA, the NFL, and a couple of the superstars? Speaking of superstars, who's going to maintain the reign? Over under, three and a half more championships for Giannis and Paddy Mahomes. Do we see more than three and
2: so, a half? I'm- yeah. I mean, so look, they're already at three, which is incredible, right? So that means would these two be able to combine for seven championships? The thing is, you might get Giannis to put one up on the mantle this year for this one-two punch. The Chiefs are favored to win next year's Super Bowl. Now, just because they're favorites doesn't mean that they're going to, but they're also both incredibly young, Dubs. There's a lot of time left for these guys. Mahomes could not win a Super Bowl in the next 5 years, which would be a bit surprising it feels like with the tra- the trajectory that he's on. He could not win a Super Bowl over the next 5 years dubs and still probably win another two. Giannis based on the way he is seen throughout this league should at least win another two. They feel like they can easily be equal partners in this. I want to then just take an opportunity though if I can to mention that Bucks Celtics game the other night. Milwaukee probably sleepwalking a little bit due to the fact that we're at the All-Star break and Boston didn't run any of their guys out there. But if the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks meet this year, it is it is so important for the for the winning franchise because whoever loses that series is going to be sat there going, "Uh uh-oh. Do we not have enough to beat this team? If Boston loses to Milwaukee, it confirms everything that last year they only won because of the Middleton injury. But if Milwaukee loses, they will sat there and go, hold on a minute now. We've had the best player in this conference for five years, and we've only been able to break through one time? We've only been able to make this run one time? That's not good enough, and we're going to have to figure something out here if we're the Milwaukee Bucks. But again, to circle back to your great question there, Dubs, I think those two certainly each have two more championships left in them.
1: Yeah, you could almost double it up, and uh, you'd still throw a little ticky in there. And what about uh, those Celtics? Big win last night of the Detroit Pistons. Can we really call that a big win? I don't know. A little more NBA talk when we return with Kevin Walsh right here on The Morning After. Welcome back into the morning after Dubs Anderson alongside Kevin Walsh breaking down a little NBA. And what about last night, K-Dub? Denver Dustin off Dallas there. The Nuggets win at 118-109. to 109. We saw two Supremos in the association going mano y mano. Luka taking on Jokic. Luka goes for 37 mm-hmm. points with no Kyrie Irving. No surprises there. And Jokic, 14-13-10. and 10. Another triple-double. No surprises there.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's averaging one. He, he's been incredible this season. Uh, to me, though, the, the story is the Dallas Mavericks, who have now lost three games in a row. My takeaway on the Dallas Mavericks, Dubbs, is that they have the most pressure in the NBA of any team, and that's very concerning because this is not a team that's a favorite to win a title or win a conference. In fact, they don't have top three odds in their own conference right now. When you look at the state of the league, Yes, the Suns have pressure to win with this trade for Kevin Durant. But Durant's under contract. He's not leaving. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, Boston has pressure to win through when a season that was dubbed to be their year and has looked like their year. There's pressure. But Tatum's not going anywhere. I assume they'll re-sign Jalen Brown. They've got the young core. They've got the pieces intact. They know what they're going to be next year if they fall short. The same is true of Giannis and the Bucs. Heck, the same is true of LeBron and the Lakers. If the Dallas Mavericks fall short and all of a sudden we start pointing fingers, is it Luca's fault? Is it Kyrie's fault? Is it Jason Kidd's fault? And Kyrie leaves, they will be in a complete disaster zone because you will have gone all in for Kyrie with nothing to show for it. He will dart to L.A. or Phoenix, and Luca will be looking around. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got nothing. I can't win here. And maybe I need to leave too. And that is the last thing the Dallas Mavericks want. The Mavericks believe that they, in the way the Packers passed it off from Favre to Rodgers, they believe that they've been able to pass this off from Nowitzki to Doncic, and they're not wrong, but it's not that easy in the NBA, and these things are tricky to walk, and it's why they pushed in for Kyrie Irving. But, Dubs, they have to bring back Kyrie Irving, and if they don't, things could get very bad in Dallas, which puts a lot of pressure on them this season.
1: Yeah, and there's already been a lot of mounting pressure on Luca. I mean, it's uh, it's either go for 50 or we go up bust there. So uh, Kyrie Irving, the absolute wild card. It'll be interesting to track. But uh, speaking of Luca, Kyrie, Jokic, we saw out there last night. I mean, MVP market, Kev. This is a number that's uh, sort of jumping up and down. But can we make a case that uh, it's Nicola's award? Let's just give him the third one on the bounce there. He, he set another record last night. Um, he joined the likes of Oscar Robertson and Russell Westbrook by getting 500 assists and 500 rebounds before the All-Star break. Pretty impressive again.
2: Yeah, he's been great. He's been great, and he still would not be the MVP to me, or at least I would not have not given him one of the last ones or the one before that. He, again, I don't think people fully understand my problem with the Jokic stuff. We are rewriting the way that voters have approached this award for years for a guy that nobody thinks is the best player in the NBA. Nobody thinks it. Nobody. There is more of a debate of him versus Joel Embiid than there is Jokic versus Giannis. And yet, here we are. Oh, and by the way, Giannis's team has a better record. So, here we are with Nicole Jokic at minus 200 and Giannis at plus 750. I, I just... It is incredible to me to watch the way this is all moved, and I don't know if anything's going to change. It doesn't mean that Jokic is undeserving. Of course, he belongs in the conversation. But the fact that it has been so difficult for so long to try and 3 on this award, and Jokic is seemingly going to do it with no resistance. In fact, the only resistance is people being mad at me when I bring up the fact that Michael or LeBron didn't three-peat. That's the only pushback I get. People think I hate Nikola Jokic. I love Nikola Jokic. Jokic is great. He's fun to watch. One of the best players in the NBA. Not the best. One of the best players in the NBA. But here we are, Dubs. Minus 200 Nikola Jokic. (laughs) So he's one of the best
1: players, but um, uh, you could argue that uh, there's others who maybe bring a bit more value to their team when they're trying to make uh, a bit of a title push there. I think it's a very short number when you look at Jokic. Minus 175. And I guess it tells us that... uh, the betting public certainly runs the window to get on board there. But I agree with you, Kev. I don't think it's uh, it's a done deal. And we'd like to see some of these numbers change up here. Was ten to one preseason Jokic now minus one seventy five on the MVP side. What about rookie of the year honors? What about Paolo Benchero? Um now what? Minus minus a thousand two to one preseason tip. He is looking like rookie of the year. Could we could we agree on that one, Kev? Or is there a bit of a threat coming?
2: No, it doesn't seem it quite frankly it seems like he won this award a long time ago. as yeah. well, which is fine by me. I don't I think this rookie class has really not lived up to some of the promise. Chet Holmgren being unavailable doesn't help. Jabari Smith's not been as involved in Houston as he'd like. Jaden Ivey was supposed to play alongside Cade Cunningham. Cade injured for the season also didn't help. So this has been Ben Caro's ward for a long time now, Dubs, and the odds reflect it.
1: Palo. I tell you what, Orlando proven to be a bit of a bogey team to some of these big sides, uh, certainly capable when they show up with their best stuff. What about defensive player of the year? Jaron Jackson Jr., minus 155 as it currently stands at the FD Sportsbook was 29-1 to preseason. Who else stands out in this uh, market for you, Kev? Who's shutting it down out there on the floor?
2: So uh, I think that Jaron's status as a favorite is more than fair. He has the best defensive rating in basketball with a very legitimate gap as well. I think Bama DeBio is somebody who has got the third-best defensive win shares in the NBA, could also arguably be in this conversation. My continued biggest problem with this market is Brook Lopez having the second-best odds despite not being the best defensive player on his own team. That, of course, would be Giannis Antetokounmpo. The eyes back it up. The stats back it up. If we're not going to – I just don't know what's going on here, Dubs. I don't know what's going on. The, the rules – the rules that applied to LeBron, right? They shifted those for Giannis, and they gave him an off. They gave him an MVP and a Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. Then they well, now we're not going to give Giannis too much love, so we got to be careful. But Jokic can win three MVPs. That's all great. But if Jokic is going to win every single MVP, why can't Giannis be more in the Defensive Player of the Year mix? I don't understand that. Giannis should be the one that is plus six hundred, not Brook Lopez, Dubs.
1: <laughs> yeah I like it and once we uh, set the standard it's hard to go back so uh, Jokic yeah I, uh, I I do get uh, your sentiment on that one what about most improved player k who's who's gone from you know benchy to out there mixing it up with the starting five putting up points Laurie marketing now sitting at plus 130 for most improved player in the association was It was at 55 to 1 preseason
2: which is uh, incredible and, and he has been so big for Utah, uh, as of course a part of all of the uh, various trades that they made. Larry Markin and coming over from the Cavs. Lowry is averaging ten more points per game. His three point efficiency is through the roof. He's playing considerably more. I, to me though, SGA has made the bigger leap. Uh, some of the Lowry stuff is contributed to a bigger workload. And has contributed to, you know, then playing more minutes and more opportunity in Utah. SGA is, I mean, he went from 34.7 minutes per game to 35.4, marginal difference. He's taking 1.3 more shots per game and is turning that into an additional 6.3 points per game. He's a 31 point per game score. He's one of the most lethal scorers in basketball right now. With really no help around him. SGA has an argument for being a top 15 player in this league. I don't think Lowry has made the leap of SGA. Maybe I'm I'm being clouded because I think SGA is better than Lowry, but I I would be looking at Shea Gilgis Alexander still in this market.
1: Okay. What what about uh sixth man of the year? I know I punched a ticket on Patty Mills preseason. You got Brogdon at minus 160, Norman Powell, just having a good run there, Torrey's Maxia plus three seventy. Malcolm Brogdon was sixteen to one now minus sixty. Having a good season off the pine.
2: Yeah, the, the, this is a really tricky market though because this was Russell Westbrook's award, and you'll notice Russell has the fourth best odds to win it. Russ right now struggling to find a an exact landing spot. I'm tempted though by Westbrook's odds, and maybe this is the fool's errand. He's thirty to one, but. I tend to think, Dubs, that, that wherever Russ is going to go, he's going to remain in a bench role, especially if it ends up being with the Los Angeles Clippers. He will have not missed that much time, assuming he's on a team by the time we get back from the All Star break, which is what I would anticipate for Russ. That if Russ signs with the Clippers, Dubs, and they announce he's going to be their sixth man, that 30 to 1 might get cut to 15 to 1, might get cut to 10 to 1. Because everything that Russ did with the Lakers doesn't then just get discarded. Brogdon's fair to be a favorite. Powell and Maxey have, have more clarity in terms of their situations right now than Russell Westbrook. But Westbrook's the one, Dubs, whose odds move. He doesn't have to play basketball. It's just by being signed to the right roster.
1: I like it. I like catching up with you. Kevin Walsh breaking it all down here in the NBA. Kev, I don't know when we're going to uh, cross paths again. It may be a couple of weeks. So I need all this in uh, NBA expertise. If we were to tier these teams up um, you know, for the futures market, I want to see where you'd be landing on. You know, your boy absolutely loves some value. Tier one, Boston, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Denver, plus 100, even money. These are mock title odds. Tier three, Pelicans, Golden State, the Mavericks, Memphis at 10 to 1. That's where I would land. Where would you land, Kevin Walsh?
2: Yeah, you can't pass on the value of tier one. You uh, plus 100 on the top four favorites is too good to not have. Is, is there anyone out there that is going to offer you a all-star break NBA Finals prediction and leave out all four of those teams? I think the answer is no I don't think many people have Sixers Clippers Warriors Cavs it doesn't mean that it's going to everyone is going to have some combination of tier one but at plus a hundred I would be stunned if you don't have a seat in the NBA finals and therefore you're doing yourself a really nice piece of work and again there's a great chance that those teams play one another in tier one. So a plus 100 dubs, that's where the best value would sit on that board to me, no doubt about it.
1: Get a little even money. Again, those are mock odds, but if you do see them jump up in one of the books, make sure you let your boy know so we can jump on and ride it together. It's All-Star Weekend coming up in the NBA, Kev. Team LeBron taking on Team Giannis. Giannis, plus 114. We don't know who's playing, on what side of the floor. How do you even approach this one as a handicapper, Kev?
2: Look, here's the thing. Team LeBron's never lost, but Team LeBron currently doesn't have a roster. There is an implied edge because LeBron gets to draft first, and Giannis has also proven to be a horrendous drafter. So, I understand Team LeBron being the favorite, but you are simply... The odds are going to... You know, Dove. you do in-game live. You know how you, your, your odds change as games happen? These odds are going to be yeah. changing as guys are drafting. It's going to be ridiculous.
1: That sounds like a good time to me. That sounds like a fantastic <laughs> time. Love it. Plenty more when we come back. It's Kevin Walsh, Dov's Anderson. morning after...
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: The club is going up on a Thursday morning here in the morning after Dub Zanis alongside and Walsh. We've been breaking down NBA NFL, a little bit of everything. So we're going to play a little game. It's now time for Guess the Line. All right, Kev, I know it's early doors, but I want to get your thoughts. NFL, MVP, it's never too early to get a little futures ticket in. Who will close as next year's NFL MVP favorite?
2: It's an interesting spot there, Dubs. Uh, of course, you've got right now that three-way tie between Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes. I, I, If I had to guess, though, I think my guess would end up being Josh Allen. People can't resist Buffalo. Burrow could lose T. Higgins, which would drop him back a bit. And then... Mahomes, it could be Mahomes as well. I think, obviously, look, they've kind of separated that bunch there, dubs. I will say this, and I know I'm cheating a little bit because it wasn't your question, but Burrow to me is the most likely to drop back from that big three because he seems to be the one that could be losing a valuable weapon in T. Higgins.
1: I like that. Okay. Plenty of numbers, plenty of time. Get those tickets in the one and only Kevin Walsh, K-dub. Before we get you out here to uh, wrap up our number one, three games in the NBA, Clippers taking on the Suns, Phoenix at home. Any thoughts on this one? I'm itching to get a ticket in here to start Thursday.
2: Yeah. Look, it was really interesting. The last game out, see, the thing with kind of these Phoenix lines is I know they lost Bridges, they lose Cam Johnson. But their big three is healthy and playing right now in Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Chris Paul. And you're still seeing some lighter numbers. But Devin Booker does have a minutes restriction. If that minute's restriction is still out there, Dubs, I might be tempted on the under of his points prop, but we have to kind of see what the official word is on him heading into this basketball game, coming off of a great 32-point performance.
1: I like it. Official word, Kevin Walsh. You're an absolute legend in the paint man. When we come back, plenty more here on The Morning After. Our-